All right, hey, let's get into God's word this morning. Luke chapter four, listen, I wanna encourage you to lean in. Would you really lean in today? I know it's probably a busy day for a lot of you and I know the weather's kind of a little dull outside, but I wanna encourage you to lean in. Lean in and hear what God wants to speak to you today. Lean in and hear what God wants to remind you of today. Lean in and hear, not just with your head, but with your heart, what God wants to reveal to you today. The, the kingdom of heaven operates not just on information, but on revelation. Let something stir in your heart today that will propel you and compel you into a new place with Jesus. A new place with Jesus. Listen, more of Jesus. We, we exist as a church to make disciples that make a difference. We exist. We're grateful those 22 families came into the church last week. We want to help them to grow and discover and fulfill and accomplish and pursue everything that Jesus made possible for them at the cross of Calvary. He came and died to do so much more than to make church attenders or church members. He came to make us sons and daughters. He came to make us Christ followers, disciples, kingdom advancing men and women and young people of the Most High God. Would you lean in today? Would you listen to what God wants to share? Would you listen to what God wants to speak to you mothers? And, and we'll honor you at the end of this service. In a Rev City, we honor all women on Mother's Day because we understand that some women are earthly moms, physical, biological moms. But every woman has the opportunity to be a mom in some sense, spiritually or through foster care or through adoption or biologically. And so at the end of the service, we're gonna pray over you. We have a gift that it's a token of our appreciation for every woman that's here today. We'll put that in your hand at the end of the service, but would you lean in? Listen to what God wants to speak to you. I'm just telling you, I just sense that there's a spirit of breakthrough in the house this morning. I mean, a spirit of breakthrough, a, 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 a spirit of shifting from one place into another place. I, I believe there's some young people who are here today, young adults in this place today. And the Lord wants to get your attention. He wants to call you from a place of kind of casually knowing and believing in God to a place of radically serving in abandonment. He wants to call you from a place of walking in your father's faith or your mother's faith to a place of your own personal faith the reality of who Jesus is for you. Where are the young adults that hear that today? I believe today that there are some people who you've been kind of tossed about by situations and circumstances. And today God is wanting to settle. He's wanting to shift you to a place where it's settled in your heart that you're leaving this place today trusting and believing that the favor of God is resting upon your life. And even in those seasons, in those moments where it doesn't look like it, it doesn't feel like it, you are going to entrust that situation and circumstance to the Lordship of Jesus and know that he's fighting your battles, he's leading you forward, he's got a good plan, and he'll even take the things that the enemy meant for evil and he'll work them out for your good. So come on, let's pray over the word today. Father, I just thank you. What a privilege it is to be able to share your word with your people, your word which is filled with your promises. Thank you, Lord, for the way that we've already encountered your presence in worship. And Lord, I pray over every person, Lord, every man, every woman, every young person, every mom, God, I pray. Every, every, every woman who's desiring to be a mom, Lord, I pray over every person, Lord, in the sound of my voice, in this room, those joining us online, I pray, Lord, that today you would do what only you could do, Lord. Would you come and would you bring healing? Would you bring hope? Would you bring strength? Would you bring freedom and lasting freedom, Lord? Would you help deliver us to a new day and a new season, Lord? Would you bring us to a place of personal revival? We wanna be a church that revives hearts and reveals Jesus. We wanna see revival and awakening, Lord, but it happens one person, one 
man, one woman, one young adult at a time? Would you do it in our lives today? Would you do it in my heart today? Come on, if you want more of Jesus in your life right now as we just close this prayer, would you just begin to invite him? Invite him into your heart. Invite him into your life. Invite him to invade your personal space today. Shove the distractions and present yourself in the presence of a holy God, a mighty God, an awesome God. More of Jesus, more of you today, Lord. That's our heart's desire. That's our prayer today, God, fervently. More of Jesus in our lives. Let us leave this place different than what we came into here today, God. Let us leave this place changed. Let us leave this place strengthened. Let us leave this place more aware. Let us leave this place more convinced. Let us leave this place more committed to Jesus and to your kingdom advancing in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. And come on, if you'll receive some of that, just some of that, or maybe all of it for yourself, come on, say amen. Say amen, say amen. All right, let's get into God's word. Luke chapter four, we're gonna continue this morning in our series, Free Indeed, because the heart of God is for you to live in freedom and victory. The heart of God is for you to live in freedom and victory. I'm grateful that Jesus came and made a way for me to get to heaven, but on this side of eternity, it's the Bible is very plain, very clear that the heart of God is for you to live in, and experience freedom and victory. Luke four is where we'll start, and it's kind of just a foundational scripture throughout the series, and it's Jesus quoting Isaiah 61. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Watch, Jesus is unpacking his assignment in your life. He's telling you what he came to do in your life. He's quoting this prophecy of old that was speaking to the day of the promised Messiah and what he would be ushered into the earth to accomplish in your life. Somebody say, my life. In my life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The word there is gospel, to preach the gospel. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Somebody say freedom. freedom. And recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. Somebody say free. free. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We see four things that he's unpacking here. I know he says five things, but really two of them have to do with the same issue of freedom and deliverance. But he says, I came to, to proclaim the good news. It has to do with the message of eternity, the message of redemption, the message of salvation. He says, I came to give recovery of sight for the blind, spiritual sight and earthly sight, faith and vision for your future, regardless of what you've been through. God has a future for you. The blessing, the year of the Lord's favor, there's a blessing, there's a favor, there's a provision, there's an abundance that God intends to deliver to you and release to you. In the, in the, in the New Testament, rather, when we use the word saved, it's the Greek word sozo. And that word is comprehensive. It doesn't just mean to save as in to just kind of barely rescue someone from the edge of destruction. It means to save from a place of destruction and deliver to a place of secure, abundant, lasting provision. It means to heal and restore. Jesus didn't just save you so you could just kind of skirt into heaven or barely make it into heaven. He saved you to deliver you to a place of secure, restored, healed, abundance, and provision vision, the year of the Lord's favor. And then I think it's so cool that he doubles up on freedom. He doubles down on freedom is maybe the better way to say it. Freedom for the prisoners, freedom for those who are oppressed. And I've shared it before in the series, but it bears repeating before we dig into today's scripture. I think it's powerful that he addresses both of those things. The prisoners, the captives, and those who have been oppressed, because here's what I know about in my life, 
There's some places, there's some things, there's some decisions, there's some missteps, there's some misdeeds, there's some rebellion, there's some sin that's happened in my life where I've actually in some ways or in in a complete way deserved the sentence that was due to me. And he said, I came to set you free from those things. Your poor choices, your bad decisions, your rebellion, your pride, your sin. And then he also says, and I've also come to set free those who were oppressed. And how many of you know that many people have been put into a place of bondage because of things that happened to them or were done to them that they never expected or deserved? Abuse or neglect, whether it was from a father or a teacher or an aunt, an, an uncle or an aunt, whoever it was that did it to you, it put you in a place of bondage and you never expected or deserved it. And he said, I've also come to make you free from those things. Come on, that's good news. The freedom of Jesus is comprehensive. Anything you've done because of your own weakness, because of your own sin, anything that happened to you that you didn't expect or deserve, Jesus said, I've come to deliver you from every bondage that you could possibly experience on this side of eternity. Someone ought to say, thank you, Jesus. He doubles down on it and emphasizes God's heart for you to walk in freedom. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom, say freedom, that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And in this series, our heart has been to help people be set free from the pain of your past, from the spirit of condemnation, the spirit of legalism, strongholds of sin, fear, anger, lust, from inner vows, word curses, mental strongholds, generational iniquities, other words, mindsets or patterns of behavior that may have been unintentionally modeled to you or handed down to you. To walk in victory and freedom, listen, we need deliverance and discipleship. It's a both end. There's some places where we're in bondage because of just the deeds of our flesh, our fallen nature, where we need to be discipled. We need to begin to discipline ourselves to be Christ followers, to begin to take up our cross, to begin to say no to this thing so we can say yes to this thing. But there's also, the Bible is very clear, a spiritual battle over your life. And Jesus said, I've come to bring deliverance. I've come to set you free. And Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your boss. It's not against a politician. It's not against your spouse, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, because this is true, put on the full armor of God so that when that day of evil comes, when when it visits your mind, when it visits your heart, when it visits your home, you may be able to take your stand and stand your ground. And after you've done everything, continue to stand. There's a spiritual battle over your life. We need discipleship, but we also need to be equipped with the spiritual tools to enforce the authority of Jesus over the spiritual realm, over your life, over your heart, over your mind, over your marriage. There's a spiritual battle that's being waged over everything that's valuable and important to God and thus is valuable and important to you. Anywhere where there's power, promise, or potential in your life or in God's kingdom, and that includes bringing children into this world, and that includes raising them to know the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve out his plan for your life, you better expect that there's gonna be opposition. You can just settle it in advance. But here's the good news. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
And that scripture says that we can take on, we can put on, we can gird ourselves up with what the word of God has said and accomplished, what the Christ, the cross of Christ has accomplished in your life. And we can stand our ground against the schemes of the enemy. And listen, this is not a Satan glorifying series or message, but Paul wanted, it's very clear in 2 Corinthians 11, he says, I'm telling you some of these things so that Satan won't outsmart you because we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. He wanted, him, he wanted the New Testament believers to be strengthened and aware so that when something would come against them, when, when something would try to trip them up, they would begin to quickly recognize that's not God. That thought, that, that, that behavior, that pattern, that mindset, that is not God. That's the enemy. I recognize it for what it is and who it's from, and I'm taking a stand against it today. Not today, Satan. Come on, somebody just say, not today, Satan. All right, 2 Samuel 17. If you haven't made it there, turn there. We're gonna dig into this, unpack some things. I believe that within this passage is discovered a scheme, these devil's schemes. Some, these are schemes. There's a pattern that the enemy is still using today to try to discourage, divide, and even destroy the people of God. To recap the story, Absalom, David's son, is rebelling against David. He's got bitterness that has built in his heart towards his own family, towards his own father. He's rebelled, he's killed his brother Amnon who had violated their sister Tamar. And David had not done anything about it. David was too busy to have done anything about it. And listen, your, your children need your attention and your affection. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage someone today that it's never too late to start doing the right thing. But David was too busy building the kingdom and doing all the things that God had put on his life that there had been this grievous issue that had happened in the family. And Absalom had attempted to get David's attention. And David was too busy to come home and deal with the family matters because he was building this thing over here. And some of those things are even things that God has called you to build. Some of those things were even things that God had directly placed on David's life. But you can't become too preoccupied with things, things that are good, things that are God. And you for sure can't become too preoccupied with things that are good to be focused on the things that are definitely God. And that's what had happened. And how many know that our children, if they can't get our attention one way, they'll get it another way. If they can't find the love and the affection and the acceptance that they need from their earthly fathers and mothers, they'll find it from someone in some place somehow. And it's what's happening here. And Absalom is rebellion because of this bitterness, this unforgiveness that had welled up in his heart. And that's where we pick up the story. In verse one, it says, Ahithophel, and Ahithophel was a source of wisdom and, and, and advice, but he has become fueled by the demonochrome, I believe, because in the previous chapter, chapter 16, he's engaged in devious sexual behavior. You could go look at it for yourself. But I believe a man who was once used to bring wise advice had gotten caught up in this area of sin, and it had allowed an open door for the enemy to begin to come and pervert what once was wise advice, now Ahithophel is being used of the enemy to bring demonic advice to Absalom. And it says in verse one, Ahithophel, this man who was sought after for advice, says, I would choose 12,000 men and I would set out tonight in pursuit of David. And I would attack him while he is weary and weak. And I would strike him with terror or fear. And then all the people with him will flee. 
Then I would strike down only the king and bring back all the people to you. Listen, within this plot that Hethophel is presenting to Absalom, I believe that there's demonic advice and strategy that the enemy is still using today to discourage, divide, or even destroy God's people. And number one, it said, I will choose 12,000 men. And the enemy is still working overtime to try to overwhelm you. I wonder if anyone here today has just felt like a sense of being overwhelmed. So overwhelmed that really you're, you're not even anymore even really productive with all the things that God has called you to do because of just this sense of overwhelmed that's causing you to just kind of be stuck where you are because of the sense that there's just too much. Where could I start, God? How would I ever get back to the things or how would I ever bring clarity to the situation? How would I ever begin to move forward? It's exactly what the enemy was doing here. I'll try to overwhelm David. The favor of God had rested upon David. And he's saying, you need to bring, a bun- you bring out the big guns and bring out a big army and try to cause him to feel overwhelmed. Listen, I'm speaking to mothers some today. This is not a Mother's Day message, but there's some things that I'll speak directly to moms. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to feel overwhelmed with all the good and even God things that he's assigned you to in this season. Don't allow that sense of being overwhelmed to cause you to shrink back or to hold back. Listen, sometimes if the enemy can't keep you from moving forward to the purposes of God, he'll get behind you and he'll push you as fast as you can go till you reach your breaking point. Lord, anyone who in this moment is feeling overwhelmed, Lord, would you come and would you just begin to remind them, Lord, that your grace is sufficient for them. Listen, if that's you, I just, I, it's, it's not something I do often, but before we move to point two, I just feel like I'm supposed to minister specifically to that point. Someone who's feeling overwhelmed, I mean, you're, you're having a hard time maybe even physically catching your breath. And Lord, I pray today that, that they would begin to be filled with your breath, with your breath, Lord, in a fresh way, in a new way, your breath, God. Lord, I speak over anyone and everyone who's feeling overwhelmed. I speak to the single moms who are working and taking care of the house and, and homeschooling the kids or having to run kids around. Lord, I thank you that those are God assignments, but the enemy, Lord, he comes and he tries to cause us to feel overwhelmed in a way that causes us to think we can never make it. And I pray, Lord, that today you would heal and that you would deal, Lord, with that spirit. I pray that you would help people to find a fresh grace, Lord, today to begin to walk, Lord, with your burden and your yoke, which is easy and which is light. Matthew 11 says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The message translation of the same scripture says it this way, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Get away with me. He says, come away with me. He says, come away with me. Maybe some of you are going through all this and you've been so busy that that's what's one of the reasons the enemy has got behind you and he's just pushing you because you're too busy for God. You're too busy to just take some time and just drink in and just breathe in. You're too busy. He says, come away with me. He says, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And watch what he says, the message translation of that scripture that we all know. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. And he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lord, help us to not become too busy for you. You're the most important thing in our lives. We can't do all the things you've called us to do without every day, Lord, breathing in, drinking in, taking in, Lord, your grace, 
your word, your promises. The enemy will try to intimidate and overwhelm you. Number two, it says, set out tonight in pursuit of David. And it says, tonight, and the enemy will always come to you and attack you in your darkest moments. In those moments or with those moments. In those moments or with those moments. And listen, I say it often, but it bears repeating the enemy. The Lord is writing a story in your life. He's writing a story in your life. He's looking to turn the page. Whatever that looks like today, I'm telling you, there's a new day. There's a tomorrow. There's a new chapter. There's a new season. But the enemy comes and he takes a Polaroid snapshot. Who remembers those things? I think they're coming back, actually. He takes a snapshot of one moment, one bad decision, one unfortunate place where you lost your cool, one situation, one season, one circumstance, that one defining moment. And he comes and he tries to say, that's who you are. And listen, I'm here to tell you today, maybe that was what you did, but that's not who you are. Because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who's grateful for that promise from God's word. He'll try to attack you in or with your darkest moments. Number three, he said, I would strike him with terror. And the enemy almost always uses fear. The enemy almost always uses fear because the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Anytime fear is operating other than the healthy fear, which is really reverence or awe of the Lord himself, anytime fear is operating in your life, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a litmus test for, for a, a, a pause, for, for a step back to say, wait a minute, God hasn't given me a spirit of fears, and I'm realizing and anticipating that this is a scheme of the enemy because fear is trying to take over my heart or my mind, whether it's fear of rejection or, or fear of failure or, or fear of stepping out into something, wherever fear is operating. Listen, fear is the prophetic spirit of hell. There's a prophetic voice of the Holy Spirit that is speaking and declaring your future, that is leading you and inviting you towards the things that God has for you. And fear is the prophetic voice of hell who, that is coming and speaking over your situation and preparing you for the worst case scenario. And I don't know about you, but how many times in my life have I been so fearful of something that I look back and say, wow, I wasted all that time, all that emotional energy for fearing something that never happened or, or, or came about in my life because God saw me through and he saw me too, the things that he was leading me and calling me to. God has not given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. We tend to think of faith as the opposite of fear, and I get it in a lot of ways it really is, but really in the Bible, love is the opposite of fear. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And I'm telling you, you have a God who loves you too much to abandon you. You have a God who loves you too much to let you down. You have a God who loves you too much to cause you to stumble and fall in a way that you can't get back up again. And Lord, I just thank you in, that, in this moment, in this point, Lord, anyone who's been riddled with fear. I normally kind of wrap it up at the end, but we're gonna pray for moms. I just feel like the Lord's calling me to just minister individually to these situations as we're unpacking them today in God's word. Listen, if that's you, just receive, just present that before the Lord. Lord, I, I just pray over anyone who's been riddled or hindered or held back by a spirit of fear, it's not from you. It's not from you. And I thank you, Lord, that today your perfect love enters into that space, that void, that place, that mindset, those decisions, those steps, those things, Lord. And I pray, God, that, in, that today in that place, perfect love, perfect love, the perfect love, the perfect love of the Father would enter into that place and it would push out, it would cast out, it would press out that place where fear has abided, that place where fear has dwelled, that place where fear has hindered or held back the people of God today in Jesus' name. I pray that love and faith and courage would rise up in the hearts of your people today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Number four, it says, then the people with him will flee. 
And he will isolate you and disconnect you and cause you to be in a lonely place. Because the enemy is always going around seeking like a roaring lion whom he may, con- he may destroy. How many of you ever watched National Geographic and seen where the lions are hunting the gazelles or the zebras and the one that's the most vulnerable is always the one that gets outside of the herd. And that's his tactics. He operates like a lion, looking whom he may destroy. And, and, and it's what Ahithophel said right here to Absalom, I would cause for all the people who are around David, his, his family, his friends, his support group, his church family, get him isolated from those people because as long as he's with those people, you can't take him out. But if you could get those people to flee or David to become isolated, he'll become vulnerable to the attack against his life. I wonder who today has been in an isolated place, a lonely place. And today the Lord's calling you back. He's calling you back. He's calling you back to a place of relationship. He's calling you back to a spiritual family. He's calling you back to a place where you're known and a place where you, where you know. He's calling you back to a place where you're blessed by the voices of others and the generosity of others. He's calling you back to be a blessing to others. He's calling you back from that place of isolation that the enemy has put you in because the Bible is very clear that we're not to forsake the gathering together as other people do, but, but to gather more and more and more and more, encouraging one another even more as the day of the Lord approaches. Psalm 68, 6 also says this. God sets the lonely in families. He leads the prisoners out with singing and joy. In times of cultural decay, God always built something to preserve his people. In the days of Noah, he built an ark. And today, he told Peter, he said, on this rock, I'll build my church. Get in the, get in the, get in the church. Get in the church. Get in the church. Back in a place of family. Back in a place of relationships. The enemy is trying to isolate and disconnect you. If he can isolate you and disconnect you, you're more vulnerable to be discouraged, divided, or destroyed. Number five, this is my last point. He attacks you when you're weak, weary, or discouraged. That's exactly what he said. He said, I would attack him when he is weary and weak. And listen, discouragement can keep you from believing, receiving, pursuing, or experiencing the promises of God for your life. Just think about that word. Just picture it. Dis, which means to remove from or to undo. Courage. He's trying to steal your courage. I'm telling you, you can afford to be discouraged. Every one of us is going to be discouraged at some point in our life. But you cannot afford to stay discouraged. That's why it's so important to stay connected to to the presence of the Lord in your personal life, to the people of God, to the purposes of God. Those things will keep you moving forward. You, You are going to have a season where you're going to be discouraged. You cannot afford to stay discouraged because discouragement leads to despair. Can't allow the discouragement from your previous experiences or seasons to speak louder than the promises and invitations of God for your future. Oh man, I've got two more pages of notes, but I just feel like the Lord's calling us to pause right there and pray and worship. Stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Let's, let's obey, let's just be obedient. Hey, just trying to just be obedient to the Holy Spirit today. Let's do that same thing. If you face discouragement, just present it before the Lord. If you've been in a season of discouragement where the courage has been stolen from you, your courage has been sapped from you, just present that before the Lord. Lord, I thank you that today you would bring fresh courage. I speak a better word over every person who's here today, Lord. Whatever lie, whatever deception that the enemy has tried to introduce or speak over their life, their marriage, their family, their future, that it's too late, that they missed the boat, that they missed the mark, that, that they're too far gone, 
I, I, I pray, Lord, and I speak and I declare today, Lord, with the prophetic voice of faith today, Lord, that you are still with them and for them. You're leading them forward, that you're a God of forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation today, and that real people all throughout your word who had real problems, real challenges, real failures, but were willing in that moment to turn to a real God and present those things in the presence of God, experience real forgiveness. And, and experience real hope and real faith for a real future that you're calling and you're inviting and you're leading every person to today. I come against and I speak against and I declare, Lord, that discouragement, the schemes of discouragement today, I declare them broken over the lives of your people today. Lord, people who have allowed discouragement to, to linger in their life and it's led to depression and depression is now borderline despair and maybe now they're even thinking that maybe it's not even worth continuing to go on. I come against that spirit right now in Jesus' mighty name and I say that they are, they are filled with purpose and a future that today they're not hearing this message by accident. You're speaking right to their very heart. It's for them. You're speaking to them. You're leading them. You're calling them. You're rescuing them from that place. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, come on, church. Will you receive it today? Will you receive it today? If that's you, listen, you need to know I'm not gonna get to all two pages, but I'm at least gonna dig into one of the scriptures. Elijah, Elijah, this mighty man of God, I mean a mighty man of God, so mighty that he had just dealt with all the prophets of Baal. And, and, and someone that saw it happen went back and reported to Jezebel that all the great and mighty things that Elijah had been used of God. And, and now this woman, Jezebel, has reached out to Elijah and said, I'm coming after you. And this man who was used with all, to do all these mighty deeds of God is now fleeing for his life. And it's where we pick up the story in 1 Kings 19. And it says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Verse, verse 3, he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah. He left his servant there. He allowed himself to get isolated. Catch that. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. Watch this. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Watch what he said. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And it says, verse 5, then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly, suddenly, come on, if, if, if you're dealing with that, at least do what Elijah did. Come on, cry out to God. Cry out to God cry out to God and God's seen him in his despair and God sins. It says, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. He took a nap. He ate some cake and he took a nap. Come on, that's, that's, a, that's a good word for somebody today on a Sunday. I mean, really, he was at the brink of, of, of suicide because of the despair and the fear that was operating in his life. And the Lord himself sends an angel and says, eat some cake and take a nap. Come on, that's a good word for Mother's Day right there. <laughs> Carbs are of the Lord. Carbs are back, baby. The angel of the Lord came back a second time after he had taken a second nap and said, arise and eat. The journey's too great for you. He arose and ate and drank. He went in the strength of that food. 40 days, 40 nights. How many know that, I mean, come on, if some earthly cake and an earthly nap can do you some good, how many know that there's, Jesus said, I've got bread, I've got food that you don't know of. 
He said, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, and I in you. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Whew. The enemy has a scheme and a plan against you, but I'm telling you, the Lord is with you. He's for you. And he's given you the counter. He's given you the weapon to every one of those schemes. Rest in the Lord. Abide in the Lord. Don't get too busy that you're missing taking time. Because, I mean, there's some good things and God things that God's called you to. I mean, come on. All the things, the job, the kids, the school, the responsibilities, and even in this church where we're encouraging and challenging people, serve in civic arenas and dream about how God can use you to build something that'll bless people and make a difference and make an impact. All those things are gonna take time and energy. You can't do it in your own strength. That's, man, that's a good place to land right there. You can't do it in your own strength. Who's been trying to do it in your own strength? Or, or is it just me? <laughs> Come on, let's just commit ourselves to the Lord. Lord, we commit to abide in you Abide in you, abide in you. I mean, really, what's that look like for you? What's that look like for you to recommit yourself to abiding in the Lord? To finding your strength, to finding the grace that you need to do the things he's called you to do and be the person he's called you to be. You cannot do it in your own strength. Those who have become busy, those who have become isolated, those who have felt overwhelmed, I just speak, Lord, a better word over them today and I re and remind them of the invitation to abide with you, abide with you, to abide with you. Lord, thank you that every morning when we rise, there would be a fresh reminder. Even this week, I just pray and prophesy over this church family that even this week, there would just be a fresh prompting to before we open up the app and get into the phone or check the emails to make sure that we check in with you and find our strength in you and just remind ourselves, I can't do it in my own strength. Where the enemy's coming and saying you're not enough, sometimes it sets you free just to say, you know what, Satan, you're right, I'm not. But the good news is I don't have to do it in my own strength. It's not about me. I have a Savior. I have a God. I have a Father. I have a friend. And I have a Holy Spirit that's living in me, empowering me to do and be everything that my day holds before me. I'm not doing it in my own strength. It's not about me. I declare that over this church family in Jesus' name. Lastly, before we worship one more time, prayer for the moms and dismiss, prayer for women and dismiss. Listen, if you're here today or you're joining us online and you're far from God, maybe you once knew God, served God, loved God, were raised in the church, but you've drifted, you've become busy, you've become isolated, or maybe you've never experienced the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Place your hope, place your trust in him. If you're in either one of those camps or anywhere in between, right now, this moment is for you. And right now, I'm asking you, raise your hand high towards heaven. Just say, that's me. I'm far from God. I've drifted from God. Or today I need for maybe the first time to receive forgiveness, to feel what it feels like. I mean, it's a glorious feeling to have the weight of your sin and your guilt and your shame lifted off of your shoulders and removed according to God's word as far as the east is from the west, sunk to the deep, to the bottom of the ocean floor. Those are words that God's word uses about what he wants to do in your life today. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people. One more chance, lift your hand high towards heaven. We're gonna pray with you and for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're online, I, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you, take a stand, lift your hand. You're not responding to a preacher. You're responding to your heavenly father. He sees you, he sees you. And come on, now we're gonna pray this prayer with these precious people. You can, you can lower your hands. We're gonna pray this prayer with these people. We do it for two reasons. One is we wanna come alongside you. We wanna show you and remind you there's a church family that wants to come alongside you and begin to just champion you and cheer you forward, minister to your hurts and needs, help you discover a fresh and new season of faith in Jesus. And two is we pray it together. We pray it together every week because even as we're growing in our faith, growing in our maturity, experiencing victories in God, we remind ourselves every week that everything we accomplish in God's kingdom, he does in us and through us and for us in spite of us. We never graduate from God's grace. 
from God's grace. So come on, church, pray it with fresh passion today. Repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you my life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, because of the risen life of Jesus, I'll never be the same. Come on, say it one more time. I will never be the same. And then put your hands together with all of heaven. Come on, let's worship the Lord one more time together today. Come on. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him.